Hello, this is Gary Van Wormerdam, and this is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. This podcast is about overcoming insecurity. Uh, I often suggest people check out the Self Mastery course, which is an audio series on my website. Uh, the first four sessions are free. People can sample it. And then it goes into a basic course which is a way to inventory your own belief system. There's also a series on relationships I call the relationship course. Uh, some people periodically write me, email me, tell me a problem and what should I do about it. What I do suggest are my audio programs. Some people say, well, I thought they were a lot like the podcast. They are not like the podcast. These audios and these podcasts they have a lot of wonderful ideas, cause you think about things a little bit more, or at least intriguing to talk about. A different way to look at things. But as far as actual action steps, what do you do about an emotional reaction, a relationship issue, a behavior that's sabotaging? Those actions and insights are going to be found in the self-mastery course that will dig into the underlying levels of what's really driving things. Um, these podcasts, while I sometimes go into layers of depth on an issue, I don't go into your belief system and your dynamics. The way that if you want to change your belief system, your dynamics, your emotions, that you'll need to do for yourself. The material in those courses will guide you to do that. If you are not satisfied with the content within 30 days, email me, send me your username, and I will refund your purchase. You have a guarantee on the value. I can't guarantee anybody the results because I don't know what each person will do as far as the actions they take and how much effort they'll put into it. But if you're not satisfied with the value, I'm certainly happy to refund your money in the first 30 days. So it's a no-risk opportunity for change. Now, back to our irregularly scheduled topic. This podcast is about overcoming insecurity. So maybe you've got an idea that from my other podcast on what is a belief which I think is uh, somewhat related and should help. But to real quickly give an idea of a, a insecurity issue, and, and it manifests in many different ways for different people. Generally, it's in relationships. It might be work relationships or personal relationships. But I want to share with you uh, at least one thing that doesn't work in the solution and one thing that does you'll find more action steps in these directions uh, in the audio courses. So first of all, insecurity. It's a feeling. It's an emotional state. It's how we feel. That emotion, feeling about ourselves, is a result of what we believe about ourselves. And more specifically, not just what we believe about ourselves, but what we believe about an image we have of ourselves. You see, we create a, a negative 
image of ourselves, a somewhat less than or inadequate image. And we say, that's me. I'm that person. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. And in that image, which says if we pulled out a picture, or even if it was a cardboard cutout life size, and, and we held it in our hand, we say, that's me. We really identify with that false image to the point that we're wearing it. You know, it's, it's as convincing as looking in the mirror and say, that's my body. Well, that's what your body looks like in the mirror. But what's in the mirror is actually a virtual copy. But even your physical body, the way it looks, is not you. That's not the sum total of your being. But we can hypnotize ourselves into that identity, false identity. And then we say, I'm inadequate in whatever aspect we're trying to live up to. And when we believe that, we produce the emotion of unworthiness, uh, self-rejection, shame, guilt, embarrassment. None of those emotions feel good, but they're produced because we're believing this story of that picture of ourselves and our imagination being us. And it produces an emotion. Of course, then you get the emotion and you're like, ah, I really feel inadequate. And this emotion is used to confirm in our mind, ah, yes, that image, that's really me. It's all congruent now. See, I have the emotion, the image, and the story, and, and they're all congruent. Well, anything you believe is congruent based on emotional feedback, but emotional feedback is not proof. But our mind often uses it to say, I really feel that way, so it must be true. People felt strongly about the, uh, the sun rotating around the earth, too, at times, didn't make it true. Just for reference, one of the things that helps a great deal is to step back from this false image. And that requires what I call awareness. We're seeing the virtual reality of our mind as an illusion and see it and differentiate it from reality. That that image in our mind is not the reality of us. That awareness is critical because once you step back from that image, now the belief is less believable and you're producing uh, less emotion and you're less likely to believe the emotion as evidence or proof. So that's shift in identity is a critical part of what the self-mastery course is about. But anyways, it's production of emotions because we believe this false identity and we produce emotions because we're, we're investing faith in this false belief. Doesn't feel good. And then we're around people in social situations and we're feeling inadequate. And then the next layer is we, we imagine that they see us in the form of that same image that we imagine ourselves as. We imagine that that's what they see because we believe that's what we are. And now we've added another layer of judgment or imagined judgment uh, based on what we imagine they see. Again, it's our imagination out of control against our own emotional well-being. So then our mind being in this uncomfortable state, us being in this uncomfortable state, our mind tries to come up with a solution. How can I feel better? 
and it starts imagining ideas about how to feel better. It doesn't deal with the cause of what's going on or why we're creating these emotions from these imagined images and false self-images. It's like, let's just go do something to feel better. And we start to, oh, what can I say that's funny? What can I say to impress people? What can I say to make people like me? And in the larger agendas, what can I make my body look like? How can I dress? I need to go make money. I need to go become a success in some fashion. Maybe it's by making a witty comment in the game of one-upmanship in our dialogue with friends. Maybe it's then that we have to go prove to our parents that we're a success and go make money on Wall Street uh, and be a big financial success or a doctor or whatever is their hope and dream of us that then they'll be happy and proud of us. And so the agenda becomes be a success, be cool, be funny, be all of these positive things. And we might very well be a lot of these positive things, wonderful things. And we might feel good at times. But when we come back home and we're by ourselves, we might feel like a fraud that we were pretending and that wasn't really us. We were just hiding this other part of ourselves that we call the real us, which isn't really the real us. It's just an image we're attached to identity-wise. And so even when we're more successful, we feel more like a fraud. And we might even shy away from really being a success because it makes this negative side so loud because it's still there. It's still there. We haven't actually changed that belief at all. We've just covered it up with this other version of an ideal, wonderful self and said, that's me. That's who I am. And it's closer to the truth. It's not the truth. This is how we generally try to resolve the I'm not good enough, feel insecure problem. That's an emotional unpleasantness. We try and go make real life external successes to solve an internally imagined self problem. My experience is that's not effective. I'll uh, share a story kind of exemplifies how this success-oriented approach to solving this insecurity and, and internal self-image issue doesn't work. We'll call him Jack. Jack, I met at an event, and he said, hey, I want to do some personal coaching with you. I said, great, like I do with all possible clients that have an interest. I said, well, send me a background bio, and then we'll set up a call. And so he sends me this bio, and it's pretty damn impressive. I thought, I'm like, Okay, he's played college football. He was on a national championship team, a total jock, ran triathlons, had his black belt in karate, still works out, the dojo. He's in his 50s now at this point. Not only that, he went on to get his PhD in some kind of physics, has his own company, 
doing well. Uh, on the side, he flies a Learjet. And just so it just isn't all brains and brawn, he also uh, has a, a real yoga meditation practice that he's been doing every morning for the past 20 years. And so there's a spiritual and kind of conscious personal dimension to him also. First phone call, we're, we're talking. I said, so I got a question for you. What do you want out of this coaching process? Because here was a guy who seemingly had it all in the terms of success and accomplishment. He's like, well, let me tell you a story. I think it'll cover that. He says, I was driving to that event where we met. And it was a divided highway, two lanes each way. And the road he was driving was out in the middle of the country. Big highway, but in the middle of the country. He says, I had this itch on the back of my leg, and I was reaching down to, to scratch it. It was really annoying, and a car drifted off the side of the road, off to the right side. And I quickly responded, and I pulled it back to the left, and I overcorrected, and the car went off the left side of the double lane road, into the center divider with the grass, onto the opposing two lanes of traffic, where there's no cars coming, thank God, almost off the road on the left side, overcorrected to the right, go down through the center divider again, up into the, the two lanes I'm supposed to be in, get control of the car, pull over, stop the car, and the first thought through my head was, I hope nobody saw that. He said, that's the kind of stuff I think about. Fear of what other people think. Fear of how he looks. In spite of all his accomplishments and such, he hasn't dealt with that negative self-image that he imagines other people see. Does not just imagines, but believes. And hence a feeling that he doesn't like. And so my point from the story is that no amount of success, external success, accomplishment, looks, money, is a cure to eliminate that feeling of insecurity. It's a feeling that's generated from a belief in your mind, produces that feeling, that emotion, that fear. And very often the external stuff that we try to do is a cover-up, a distraction, a compensating strategy doesn't resolve the underlying issue of the source of that feeling. So while it's great to go be a success, go accomplish things, and feel good about what you're doing, and that can help build a positive self-image, it doesn't completely eliminate this negative one. And a lot of times our drive to go be a success is falsely motivated because we assume it's going to make us feel better than this negative one is making us feel. A lot of times driving us to do things we don't even want to do. Just because our belief system says that's a success, we'll feel better if we accomplish that. And we believe what our thoughts and our mind tell us, which is you know, just all part of how the illusion got created in the beginning. And so hopefully this clarifies how 
we project ourselves into this insecure self-image. And then from that projection of the insecure self-image, we project a way out. And so from within one illusion, we project, imagine, what kind of success we need to be or what kind of person we need to be so that we will be free of this illusion we originated in. So this solution from the original illusion is an external success. But that external success doesn't actually do anything to dissolve the first internal illusion that created the insecurity to begin with. But it does cause a lot of people to buy a lot of makeup, uh, listen to pickup artists, dating podcasts, and buy products, spend extra money on clothes and shoes, and go into debt trying to impress other people, as well as various other activities and behaviors that we're all marketed to, to supposedly make ourselves feel better. One of the common traps in this solution scenario is we look for love from somebody else. We look to feel good. We look for, we look for some kind of approval and acceptance from someone else. Gentleman, classic example, he was married 20-some years, grown kids. And uh, he said to me, you know, if I, my wife just loved me. Just love me unconditionally. I think I'd really feel great. We explored that some more. Because to him, that was the solution to changing his own emotional state. He'd place the power of his emotions in someone else's opinion. I said, well... Does your wife love unconditionally? And we had to have a conversation about what that meant. And he came to the conclusion, no, she doesn't. She doesn't love anything unconditionally. She's always finding something wrong with this and something could be better here and better there. She's not completely happy with anything. I said, and you want her, even though she doesn't have this skill or portray this behavior, to be unconditionally loving and accepting of you just the way you are, even though she isn't that way about anything in the world. This sounds like this expression of unconditional love or, or unconditional acceptance of you does not seem to be something that she has demonstrated to be in her repertoire. And yet is basing his self-image on her opinion. Therefore, his self-image, his self-worth, his self-esteem. How he feels about himself. When her ability for unconditional love only goes so far. That's like saying to himself, okay... Uh, Gary, I'll love myself unconditionally uh, and be completely accepted of myself if you go shoot a round of golf and make par. I'm not going to make par. 
on a golf course? And why would you base your self-acceptance on my inability to do that? And yet this is what we do. We look for some solution, success, other people approve of us, respect and accept us, or love us. And that will unhypnotize us from this false identity we've hypnotized ourselves into. I point these out as things that don't work. Things that people have spent years chasing in hopes of changing some feeling they have internally. And why it hasn't worked. I think it's fundamentally important to understand where these dead ends, or why these are dead ends, to changing internally how we feel. In a way, it's the, uh, the problem of how do I become more confident? That question people have, how do I become more confident? Well, confident is a feeling. And what's the feeling that exists internally already? Well, insecurity. And if I was more confident, I wouldn't be insecure. So how do I get that feeling? And this is like a person asking, like, well, I, how do, what's the best cleaner to use to keep my house clean? And so well, what's, what kind of dirt do you have in your house? Oh, you know, when my dogs come in from playing in the yard after it rains or after I water the lawn. Uh, they bring in all this mud and then they shake it off and then my house gets full of mud. What's the, what's the best cleaner to use? Because I want my house to feel clean. I'm like, why are you getting mud in your house to begin with? You're trying to solve a mud problem, but if you prevented the mud problem, they wouldn't be trying to find a solution. And hence the case, we try and find a way to feel confident. But what we're really trying to do is get rid of this feeling of insecurity. And the real way to do that is to address what is the belief that's there that's causing it? That's the dog dragging in the mud. So in the beginning, I mentioned that I'd share one uh, element of, that does work. So recently I was talking to a, a gentleman, let's call him Bill having a meeting and to present to other people at work and he was nervous about his public speaking and it's just part of a larger picture of fear of what other people think of him and so he's done my basic course and he had an inventory of a lot of the thoughts that he had and to me this is much more effective to change a belief you break it down into a lot of small steps and individual thoughts instead of just trying to say okay I'm have this belief in this identity and how do I change it so well let's look at uh, this belief in this identity was built up over a lot of little ideas that we bought into over years probably 
And so as we we dismantle a lot of those individual beliefs that make up this one negative self-image, the negative self-image starts to fall apart. There's faster ways, but this is one of the tools that that you'll learn in the self-mastery course. So one of the lines was, in his inventory of thoughts about this situation, they'll hate me. So Bill said, they'll hate you. Okay. So we explore that for a while. Thoughts around that, beliefs around that. And then we get into the history of that thought. And to pare it down, he starts sharing about being 13 years old and at school giving a talk, public speaking talk. And it didn't go well. And the other kids laughed at him. I don't know if he walked out of the room or ran out of the room. I said, if you could say anything to that 13-year-old boy right now, or back then, if you could go to him, what would you tell him? He was quiet. And he said, I love you. see, that little 13-year-old boy is part of the image that makes up his not good enough negative self-image that he's identified to. And in his mind, in his story, in his imagination, everybody's still laughing at that image. And he's afraid people will see that 13-year-old boy image that he's identified with 15 years later. We've all had experiences like that. We've all had moments of being embarrassed, being made fun of, afraid other people will judge us, reject us, make fun of us. We create beliefs about ourselves from those instances. And then very often we try and bury them and we cover them up with other positive beliefs. And so we end up with all sorts of positive and negative self-image beliefs. But what Bill had stumbled onto there in his compassionate impulse to himself to speak something kind. I love you. He was on to something there. And to me, that love one has for oneself, complete acceptance of oneself, I love you, no matter what. I love myself, no matter what. I accept myself, no matter what. No matter what anybody else in the room is doing, what they're thinking, or what I imagine they're thinking. 
that kind of feeling that you have within yourself that you can give to yourself, no matter what's going on in the world. That's security. To me, that's the only kind of emotional security there is. Because if it's dependent on someone else, getting attention, getting the girl, getting someone else to love you, someone else acceptance, approval, respect, you're always trying. You're always afraid you're not going to get it. But if it's just dependent on you, you say, I'm going to be that way with myself all the time. You have 100% assurance of your own love and acceptance all the time. No doubt. That's the strongest emotional input you'll ever get. It's the one that you can rely on the most. You may have to fight away a lot of negative thoughts that say otherwise, but this and but that. That's just part of the journey. But at least it's an avenue, a pathway to a real solution of emotional security. Because you can be secure in the fact, I'm going to love and accept myself no matter what. You'll find the practical steps to identify all these beliefs and dismantle them in the self-mastery course. And a lot of the main structures of illusions that we create in relationships that cause us drama are dismantled and clarified. That's all in the relationship course. Money-back guarantee if you're not uh, satisfied with the value in the first 30 days. You can also order my book, MindWorks, which is a guide to identifying and changing these negative thoughts, beliefs, and emotional reactions. This is Gary Van Warmerdam from the website pathwaytohappiness.com.